Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. today's podcast uh, by saying I'm a little bit scattered. I just had a Musashi energy drink, Focus Endurance Performance. It's a workout drink, but I am not working out here today. But yeah, Queensland fan. So today, though, round 14 preview podcast. I've done all my origin content. There's a lot of rugby league content coming out. Uh, This is not just a sports report, but yeah, let me preface by saying I'm a little bit scattered. Even when I went to uh, the road to the shops to get the Musashi. Also, side note, I'm not sponsored or anything by Musashi, but I'd love to be. I just don't think I fit their clientele. I don't think on their ads. They usually have, like, Robert Whittaker and Tom Trebojevich. I don't know if they'd have me, like, podcasting on their ads and be like, ultimate performance, take our workout powder. Um, if anyone from Musashi is listening... Yeah, energy drinks are dope. They're actually, they're quite dope. So, yeah, around 14 preview podcast. I've separated the Origin and NRL stuff. So, the Origin review podcast was only like 36 minutes, which was good. Like, just split it all up so nothing's too long. Today will be a bit of a shorter format podcast. Of course, Queensland, up 1-0 in the series. So much went on in that game. So, all of that is in the review podcast, which can you can listen to now. Uh, and we're going to follow this up with the round 14 preview podcast. Hashtag scattered. Uh, predictions, predictions. I'm going to have some predictions out there as well. Seven podcasts in seven days. What day are we now? Thursday, the 1st of June. Pinch and a punch for the first of the month. Um, first of the month, so it's Thursday. There we go, we're gaining our bearings. It's nearly 4pm. I think I only started gaining my bearings around 1 or 2pm, which is not good. Luckily I had the day off work, but this podcast, not about me. So it's Thursday. Monday we had the weekend wrap, so I summarised everything that happened in the NRL last round. An origin buy round, but hugely important for all of the teams uh, that were in action. Then on Tuesday, I released the State of Origin preview podcast. Prediction for that game, I had the Blues winning, but I had Queensland winning the series. So, boom. That's good. I'll take that. Uh, But seven podcasts, seven days. I told you I'm pretty scattered. Sorry. Uh, What are we now? What podcast is this? Fourth, I think. We had Weekend Wrap, State of Origin preview, State of Origin review, which came out literally today. So that was three. This is for the NRL preview. We've, of course, got the weekend wrap on Sunday, so that's five. The UFC Fight Night Predictions Podcast, that is six. There's going to be a seventh one in there somewhere, whether that's even Survivor, whether it's Rugby League related, whether it's something totally non-related. Maybe even The Ultimate Fighter, which just had its premiere episode for the season. Michael Chandler, Conor McGregor. Team Veterans against Team Prospects. A nine-second knockout to open the season. So there's going to be seven podcasts this week. 
a bit concerning given how scattered I am for podcast number four, but I should be good definitely by the weekend wrap. Uh, so essentially today, just going to jump into the games. I believe there's seven of them, three teams having the bye, uh, which I might just check on quickly. Give me one second. Uh, some news as well. Jason Riles, Dragons doing all this rogue shit. If you've listened to the podcast before, I've almost given the Dragons too much airtime. They've given up on the season. I'm summarizing as that. Organization, not the players. Hook is gone. They're like, oh, we'll get Jason Riles. Nah, you won't. Melbourne Storm, he's going there as an assistant coach. Of course, it looks as though Roosters, if they haven't already, are going to let Jason Riles go immediately. So now, instead of coaching the Dragons, who are in absolute shambles, he has the opportunity to follow in the footsteps of Craig Bellamy which is a lot of pressure for a first-time head coach, but it seems as though Melbourne Storm have identified former player Jason Riles as their man. Uh, And Craig Bellamy, I mean, arguably one of the greatest of coaches of all time. Wayne Bennett in that conversation too. But Jason Riles, it looks like that, like pretty clearly that seems to be the setup. So I'm not going to spend too much time talking about that today. But Jason Riles and Craig Bellamy, like all his future, he's staying for another year. Next year could be that uh, it. So Storm over the next couple of years, this is the end of the Bellamy era. And all these things, we've seen some young stars like Israel Falago, some legends like Matt Geyer uh, leave the club over time. We've just recently seen the Bromwich brothers, Felice Cafusi, Brandon Smith leave. Cameron Smith's time came to an end. Cooper Cronk left. Billy Slater, but one thing has remained through it all. Craig Bellamy. Uh, So Jason Riles seems to be the guy who is going to fill that position. That is massive news, but given I'm scattered, now I'm excited. The Musashi's kicking in, Uh, but yeah, Jason Riles. And that makes me laugh, and I feel like Dragons deserve that. Not their fans, but yeah, just the organization. They sit last. They're solely last on the ladder, and they are the only team. And this is including Cowboys, Tigers, Bulldogs, Knights. Dragons were the only team as an organization that before the season even started, we're like, meh, we're going to write it off. Let's put our coach under pressure from the get-go. Let's do all this ridiculous, redonkulous bunch of shenanigans. And Jason Riles is a smart fella. He went, you know what? Why the hell would I do that? I could do that because, you know, having to follow Melbourne Storm, uh, Craig Bellamy at the Melbourne Storm, obviously there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. And it's also something we haven't seen before. It's not like a Wayne Bennett situation where he's left to another club before and we've had a sample size of how that next coach goes. But ultimately, Jason Riles, who's been involved with both the Dragons and the Storm in the past, I think what comes down to it, and let's say, for argument's sake, that all the hype is real, that Jason Riles is, has the potential to be a premiership caliber coach, premiership winning caliber coach. And there's like very little between Dragons getting this premiership winning caliber coach. And now I think they'll get Ben Hornby. Just a side note, I would think Ben Hornby, the right guy for the job. Uh, but if Jason Riles was the guy to turn the dragons around or is the right guy 
uh, to keep the Melbourne Storm at the standard they've been at, which is in the Premiership window every single year. Being out of the Premiership window is just not even a thing for the Melbourne Storm. So if the difference for the Storm keeping themselves a powerhouse or the Dragons being able to finally rise up back into a competition powerhouse, well, the difference, Melbourne Storm, their systems, their structure from the top down, like Matt Tripp, the CEO, I believe, is his role or the owner or some shit. Uh, like everyone involved with the Melbourne Storm, even just like some of the coaching appointments, like Joel Selwood working with the leadership group, the Melbourne Storm just have it down to a T. And Jason Riles would know that, having been involved with the club before and having been eyed previously as a potential successor to Bellamy. That's his option A. Option B is the Dragons where he could pretty much start there right now. But look at how Paul McGregor, a club, a club? Far out, I am scattered. A club legend. Look at his tenure at the club. Look at uh, Anthony Griffin and everything that's gone down there. And just look at the choices the Dragons have made outside of Wayne Bennett for the longest time as an organisation. And especially, like, if you're only as good as your last season... The last couple of years for the Dragons just has not been it. Jason Riles is a smart fella. He went, the Dragons is a job for someone else. I don't think this is a job for a first year coach. Melbourne Storm, they are going to give him everything he needs to be a successful premiership caliber coach. So there you go. That outside of Queensland's win last night is the biggest news. And of course tonight, Women's State of Origin. Cannot wait to tune in for that one. Uh, the Queensland women's side, who are the underdogs. Juicy, juicy value right there. Up against the New South Wales Blues. Uh, the women's side, who got it done in last year's Origin Series. And I believe we get three games this year, which is absolutely warranted. I've been checking out the Origins for the last few years now, and it always delivers. The NRLW as well, heading into this season, it's going to be the best season yet. There is no doubt about that. And usually when you add quite a few expansion teams or already existing in the men's ranks teams into a competition, sometimes the quality can suffer because the depth isn't there. That is not the case for NRLW. You have Olympic gold medalists in the mix. You have seasoned pros like Samai Mataufa, uh, just across the competition, not only is there class that we've already been seeing for the last few years, uh, but the women's game is bigger than ever, uh, ever. It is absolutely booming, not just in Australia, but actually worldwide. England, uh, it's really starting to come along. Same with New Zealand. So it's a very exciting time heading into the NRLW season. And what better way to set the tone than getting a look at the premier players of the competition. Oh, that Musashi does work. That's the thing. I'm not sponsored, but see how scattered I was just moments ago? Now I'm pumped. Uh, NRLW coming up, but women's state of origin tonight. Do not forget about it. Make sure to tune in. If you haven't clued up or clued on to not just the women's scene, but the origin games and NRLW, this is a fantastic opportunity to just try it out try it out trust me you'll not be disappointed uh, the other news that i can't really be asked talking about because like i said i'm separating the origin stuff 
from the NRL. New South Wales Blues. Game two selections. What are they going to do? The fans have fully lost their minds. They've turned against their state. Sack Freddie. Drop Tedesco. We don't want Luai anymore. Oh, why'd you play Hines off the bench for just 10 minutes? Oh, they're imploding. The fan base anyway. So big task ahead of Freddie. I, given that I want to keep this listener friendly and just with all the talk that's going to be around Origin from many different outlets over the next couple of months, I just feel like today this podcast isn't the place to talk about who did the Blues play in Game 2. Let's let a, a bit more NRL play out. Like this weekend, great chance for some of the guys uh, to state their cases. Also some news I saw on ZeroTackle.com. Didn't catch the name, didn't write it down, sorry, but... Uh, West Tigers, if Arpi Coruscant doesn't play this weekend, which he did play 80 minutes during Origin, West Tigers, and I forgot his name, apologies to Nameless Prodigy, uh, but he's a teenage, I don't even know if he's a teenager actually, he's a youngster, and I saw the word prodigy, that excites me, love a prodigy, love hearing about these guys, I remember like Selwyn Cobbo, Kalen Ponga, a few of these guys that you hear about, even Tana Boyd. Uh, Joseph Swali'i, a few of these guys you hear about like a fair bit before they even burst on the scene. This West Tigers prodigy snuck up on me. Never heard of him. Uh, and same with Jareen Buller, who had a basketball background. Junior Tupo too, rugby union background. Spent time in the Junior Australia camp and with the Brumbies. Uh, so West Tigers, oh, a bit of a prodigious club at the moment. I love a prodigy. Prodigies get me hyped, so I would, I'd be interested if Harpy doesn't play. Jake Simpkin will start, uh, but I love a prodigy. It's a lot of pressure to put on these kids, so it's good that I don't even have his name yet. So let's not hype him up too much, but I do love a prodigy. And I'm an optimistic, half-glass-full kind of guy, so I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. He's, he might not set the world on fire in his first couple of games. In fact, a lot of the time, it takes about 100 first grade games to really ply your trade. Trust me, I played zero NRL games, so I'm fucking, I know exactly what I'm talking about. But, like, Tim Sheens has said so as well. Fantastic coach, look at where the Tigers are. Joking, like, that 66-point win was amazing. But Tim Sheens has said it, like, it takes 100 games to be an NRL player. And obviously guys win premierships before then, and play Origin and things like that. But yeah, and it takes a while to reach 100 games. But yeah, and nowadays with like the young guys and how confident they are, they get up to speed a lot quicker. But I I just feel like the 100 game mark is that real sweet spot. You're not at the 300 games where it's like, wow, what an iconic career. And it's like, you're probably, you know, you're not going to play another 300. So you're probably closer to the back end. 100 games is like you're smack bang, probably entering your prime if you've held up through injuries. Um, so yeah, a lot ahead for this prodigious talent. But game number one could be on the horizon this weekend. Uh, but who has the buy? That's where I started. Parramatta Eels. They've worked themselves back into the mix, so good on them. Rest up. And yeah, just, I guess like, they don't, they're not in a position where they need to have like an honesty session, 
But yeah, I think it would be good maybe to collectively get together and really start to pinpoint what they need to do to go one better than they did last year, which at the moment, they're going to be flat out even making the top eight. Uh, but Roos, um, not the fucking Roosters, the Parramatta Eels, they're in a position now, after a couple of wins, like, they're definitely back in the mix. And they're not too far off, uh, but just trying to work out exactly exactly where they need to go from here, because they have very small margin for error. Knights also have the bye. Uh, good on the Knights beating Manly last weekend. And Manly have the bye too, so... Whatevs, whatevs. Given that I'm scattered, which I'll stop mentioning now, and given that I want to keep this podcast relatively to a nice length, yeah, team to have a bye. Don't need to talk about that. And, yeah, there's not much else to talk about other than the games themselves. NRL Round 14. It's time for the preview podcast. It's time to get amongst it. It's time for the opening game of the round. Fucking hell, that was not what I was intending to uh, open us up. I was just going to say the um, far out, the structure. We've seen a few different like variations this year already rather than your traditional one Thursday, two Friday, three Saturday, super Saturday, and two Sunday. There's been a few fucking different ones. We had Anzac Day on Tuesday, of course. That made total sense, um, literally, given it's Anzac Day. You play it, whatever day, Anzac Day's on. And now through Origin, like, we've got the Women's Origin on Thursday night. So there's one Friday night game. And then, uh, I guess, as, as the Lord intended, three Super Saturday games. It's just, it's things are best that way. Three games on Saturday. Um, and three games on Sunday, which two is usually a healthy amount. But I will take three this Sunday, 100%. So we are packing round 14 into three days. Bit of a magic round kind of feel. Uh, But only one Friday night game and then, yeah, three and three. So kicking us off with the Friday evening fixture, the marquee slot. Channel 9, KO, Foxtel, all that shit. I don't really have a preference, honestly. I'll mix it up depending on how I'm feeling. Channel 9 don't even show fucking half the games. KO have their fucking bullshit as well sometimes, so meh. Uh, 15th place Tigers. 15th place Tigers picking up uh, really from where they left off, hopefully for them. 66 points they put on the Cowboys. Uh, They're coming off the bye. They're playing at Campbelltown. And I actually like the Tigers a lot here, despite them having a pretty poor run recently. Not just at Campbelltown but also against Canberra. Tigers 15th, whilst the Raiders are 7th. That Manly loss a couple of weekends ago, it looked like it might set them back a little bit, but then they bounced straight back with a massive win. Uh, Obviously, there was the Corey Harawanara situation. Good to see that, you know, he's okay. Uh, We'll have to wait and see how that develops, but all the best to Corey. Uh, But that was such an emphatic win for the Raiders, they get back in the winner's column, they sit 7th, no Jared Croker as well, I like it from Ricky Stewart, making the decision to have Jared's 300th game 
against my beloved Warriors. Warriors and Raiders are my two teams. Warriors are my number one. I was born in New Zealand, grew up supporting the Warriors, uh, but my dad's from Canberra and Polish heritage, so I've also grown up in my household always watching the Raiders games, and they're two teams who've never really been threatening for the Premiership, so it's not like there's a hectic rivalry or anything between the two of them. So Warriors are undisputedly my first team, but Raiders my second team. Like If they're not playing the Warriors, I'm supporting them as though they are my like one and only team. Uh, so yeah, Raiders sitting seventh makes me very happy to see that and the way they bounced back. But now this game against the Tigers shapes is an interesting point in their season. Uh, now, let me just work out what I had next. I think I was just going to have a look at the team changes. But yeah, Raiders in 7th. Jared Croak is 300th in Canberra against the Warriors. That That's going to be a very special game. Mostly for Jared Croker, but as a fan, like I just mentioned of all of the above, it's going to be a special game. I'm 100% can't wait to dial in for that one. Uh, but unfortunately, given that I haven't double-checked as well. They might not even be playing the Warriors, but love Jared Croker so much. Uh, but like I said, if the Raiders play any other side, I would go for the Raiders. And I'll be rooting for Jared Croker here, but ultimately, Warriors, hopefully we can go to Canberra and uh, spoil the party. Weird situation as a fan of two teams, but yeah, I don't give a shit. Team news, West Tigers, just one change from the Cowboys game, which makes total sense, especially given Joe Fangawi is a Parramatta eel, so pretty hard to select the same 17. Fanua Pole comes into lock, and Alex Seifarth joins the bench, and Api Korosau has been named to play, but potentially, of course, Prodigy, Prodigy. I say give us the Prodigy. That's Friday. Origin was on Wednesday. Give us the Prodigy. And Jake Simkin had prodigious energy at Wynnum Manly before they brought him over. They had high hopes for Jake Simkin, so hit us with the double prodigy, please. Raiders, backline, reshuffle. Of course, Jared Croker just mentioned that. Nick Kotrich, back to the wing. Shout out to my mate JJ, came over the other day before the game and was telling me about his same game multi for Nick Cottridge to score and I was like ah he's on the bench might be playing in the middle but then he came on played in the wing don't think he scored a try but he's on the wing here Albert Hopewadi to center if you've listened to the pod before I am a huge fan of Albert Hopewadi Jordan Rapiner has been named after leaving the field HIA last weekend and that's a very 2023 thing, the HIA. Surprised he's not been sin-binned. Uh, while Seb Chris is set to play, according to NRL.com, despite a knee issue, Hudson Young has been named to back up. And that's the thing, I'm not going to go fully in-depth to teams because it's like, oh, will they, won't they back up, and all that stuff. So I'm just going to look at team news rather than breaking down the teams because I don't really know what the exact 17s will be. We'll see if Hudson Young plays... Uh, Corey Haruwaranara, of course, unavailable. Matt Frawley on the bench. Okay. Um, stat attack. This is thanks. Stats supplied, as they will be throughout the pod, by David Middleton, League Information Services and author of the official annual of the NRL. And this is courtesy of NRL.com. So you can find these stat attacks 
in the match previews on NRL.com. Uh, I just find it's the things that you know I wouldn't necessarily know off the top of my head, so I love adding them to my already you know pre-prepared and planned podcasts that I've done myself. But I love adding the stat attack because I'm like, fuck, I had no idea. Half the time I'm like, oh, it's this guy's 150th game. Well, would have never known. That's a handy thing to mention. So thanks, stat attack. Thanks, David Middleton. The Raiders have scored 100 points in their past three games against the West Tigers. Shit, that is actually, uh, that's a bit redonkulous. Although this is a new Tigers outfit, but that's roughly, that's over 30 points on average per game in the last three. And I'll tell you what as well, just quickly, spoiler alert, I was going to tip the Tigers in this game until I checked the stat attack. And I don't always lean into the stats. Usually, actually, I'll back my gut instinct. But this one was a really close one. I was siding with the Tigers. Loved Jareen Buller and prodigious talents. I was like, I actually think at Campbelltown, going off what the Tigers have done against the Cowboys and then freshening up over the bye and really just improving as the season has progressed under Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall, I was fully prepared, even given that the Raiders are my second team, to go with the Tigers here. But it was stat attack that swayed me. And then when I had to decide, do I go with the stats or do I go with my initial kind of gut feeling, then that's when the bias came into play. Because I was like, Raiders are my second team. So that's stat attack was all I needed to change the pick. So I'm going with the Raiders, but let me tell you why. And that's the stat attack, literally. West Tigers have not defeated the Raiders at Campbelltown since 2014. Now that one could be a bit misleading. I actually don't know how many times they've played at Campbelltown in the last few years anyway. Like maybe they played at Leichhardt, other stadiums, things like that. Maybe they played only one time in the year and it was in Canberra. So I don't think they played every single year in Campbelltown, so who knows. But Tigers haven't won there against the Raiders since 2014, so nearly a decade ago. Then this one also was like, okay, Raiders have won nine of their past 10 games against the West Tigers. That one a little bit less misleading. That's like a 90% success rate. That is, and that's not like, that is a 90% success rate in their past 10. Now, this is a different West Tigers outfit, and it is a different Canberra Raiders outfit, but despite the Tigers really playing out of their skin, if you look at the Raiders, how they've gone over the last couple of months, with the exception of a really poor showing against Manly, the Raiders are in fantastic form. They've actually ironed out a lot of their deficiencies, like losing close games and just a lot of their attacking spark has returned to the side. So they've won their past, or nine of their past ten against the Tigers, and it sets the scene for an interesting one, because Tigers, I really do think they're capable of getting the upset win here, but stat attack did sway me, and I tell you what as well, I'm going with a couple of anytime try scorers for sure, this is why. Thank you, David Middleton. Tigers winger David Nofaluma requires one try to reach a century in the NRL. So he's on 99 tries. Yeah, throw him in for 100. Raiders winger Jordan Rapiner requires one try for a century of tries 
in the NRL. Jordan Rapiner on 99 tries. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. I just like that. I like that it's just even a two-legger, not even throw it in head-to-head, given it could be a danger game. Nofaluma for a try, Rapiner for a try. Both guys raise the bat. And here's the final stat that swayed me. Tigers, I thought, you know, they'll be at Campbelltown. They'll lift. Tigers have lost their past six games at Campbelltown Stadium. So there you have it. I was going to go the Tigers. I was, I was there. I was really there. And then stat attack plus my love for the Raiders swayed me. So there's your insight as to why I'm making this prediction. There's a bit of a preview of this game too. Interesting battle. I'm, like I said, I'm not going to go in-depth with the teams on this podcast. Try and make it a bit more short format and just do the predictions and how I think the teams will go against each other. Uh, but the halves obviously come into play. Jack White and Jamal Fogarty up against Brandon Wakem and Luke Brooks, who have been combining really well. Uh, but coming off last weekend, another thing that really swayed me into having confidence in Canberra for this game uh, where previously they can be found out uh, for being inconsistent, but they have a great recent record against the Tigers. Last round in the weekend wrap for the NRL performance highlights, my player of the round, Joseph Tarpane. I thought he was the best player across the entire round. Papa Lee was huge. Corey Horsburgh was massive. Hudson Young now comes in off the back of an origin loss. He'll be stinging to get some re- uh, retribution against the first opposition that he comes up against. Emre Gula, in Korea best form, really starting to mature as a front rower. Uh, so I'm locking it in. First pick of round 14, I am going to take the Canberra Raiders to keep this one going over the West Tigers. Uh, but stay away, don't put your life savings on this, uh, because this has Danger Game written all over it. Taking the Raiders though, now we move on to Super Saturday. Here's a game I've been waiting for all season. All season. I've just powered through the Masashi too, so sorry if I get super energetic. That's the last shout out I get because I'm they're not paying me shit, so fuck them at the same time, but alright. I'm I'm pumped up now. And it's just in time to speak about my side, the Warriors. Up against the Dolphins. Been waiting for this one. Like I said, it's a game we've never seen before. Warriors sitting in 8th place. Heading into Go Media Stadium. Uh, Heading into Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland, New Zealand. Coming off a very disappointing game. A loss against the Broncos with origin outs. A Broncos side that had to travel to New Zealand. The Warriors were a bit flat in that game. And now sitting 8th, I mean, we can go either way. Clearly, we can continue on an upward trajectory or we can fall out of the 8th. It's another massive game against the Queensland side. And it's a game, like I said last weekend, and unfortunately, we went on to lose. Uh, but this is a game we can't afford to lose up against a Dolphin side who sit above us in 6th place. And if there is one thing we have learnt this year... And if there is one thing I know heading into this game where my side, the Warriors, are facing the Dolphins, it's just that, yeah, you can never count the Dolphins out. I know that they are going to be a very, very tough assignment for the Warriors, despite us being at home 
yeah, the Dolphins, I just know never to underestimate them going into this game. So it's eighth against sixth. There are big ladder implications heading into this game in Auckland. And what I have in front of me are the team changes. Three big inclusions uh, for the Warriors. Wade Egan, one of the leaders at our club, he is back in the starting hooker position. Really happy to see Wade back. That's a straight swap for Freddie Lusick, who's been quality. But Wade Egan, he's our first string dummy half, no doubt. And he's a really underrated part of what the Warriors have been doing this year. Dylan Walker is back from a toe injury, as is Mitch Barnett, who doesn't have a toe injury. He had a neck injury. So we see the youngsters, Dimitrix Sifakula and Tom Arley, who's been a regular for us on the bench. They drop out. A bit great experience for the youngsters. They'll be able to build on that. Dylan Walker, Mitch Barnett back. I'll tell you what my point of difference is in this game as a Warriors fan. It's the middles for the Warriors. But I said this last weekend. It didn't quite pay off. We're still waiting on Jazz Tavanga, which will ultimately complement this amazing pack. Uh, but Mitch Barnett, he has been such an awesome signing in the limited game time he's had. Uh, with Bunty Arfoa off the bench, Adnfanua Blake in career best form, Torhu Harris, who just offers everything, defense, uh, amazing meter making, post-contact, great ball playing at the line, and Dylan Walker, who offers us the ultimate edge. He is a massive inclusion in this side. Uh, I think when Walker comes off the bench, that's going to help to change the momentum and get the Warriors on the front foot. And ultimately, yeah, my point of difference in this game is our forward pack. Now, checking out the Dolphins team, Hamaso, Tabuai Fido, and Tom Gilbert will be rested uh, given the short turnaround. Gilbert, of course, didn't finish the game last night. Hamaso with a double and scoring the game winner, realistically. Uh, no injury concerns, so other than that, same side. Nick Arima at fullback, halves of Milford and Katoa. And yeah, Valence Tefare on the bench. Love a bit of that. He could have been a warrior if Peter O'Sullivan maybe had stuck around as our recruitment manager. Who knows? Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Who knows? But yeah, let's get back in to the stat attack quickly. Thank you again, David Middleton. Of course, these sides have never played each other, so there's no past history. But the Warriors, uh, in their games in New Zealand this year, three from five. That's a pretty decent uh, stretch there. Dolphins, this is their first game outside of Australia. Warriors have achieved their best defensive performance after 13 rounds since 2018. Thank you, boys. Good stuff, fellas. Dolphins winger Jermaine Azarko, probably most improved this season, definitely. He's gone from like literally not being a first grader after being a first grader previously on the wing for the Broncos and being a really quality prospect. He kind of just fell off a cliff and now under Wayne Bennett at the Dolphins, Jermaine Azarko is an elite world-class winger. Like, I would say the Kiwis and potentially Tonga or Samoa, I think from memory he might have played for Samoa as well. Uh, they'll, they'll be having to fight for the services of Jermaine Azarko. He has really been leading the way in this competition with his form. He's scored 30 of his team's 42 points over their last two games. What a star. I cannot believe it. The wing is definitely his position as well. So I like that he stays out there 
and they've gone with Nick Arima to fullback. And Dallin Wateni is a Lesniak, one of my guys. He scored five meat pies in his past five games. Dallin, I'll back him in to get another one here. I also like Marcelo Montoya to score a try. Uh, Luke Metcalf didn't have the best debut for us, but he is a long-term player for the Warriors, so I think he's going to be in for a good, good bounce-back performance. Love our back row of Ford, Nikore, and uh, Josh Curran, even Bailey Surinan on the bench. And Rocco Berry, young star. Uh, this year, like, one thing is he hasn't done too much over the last couple of years, but he was one of the players when he was coming in that their development was hampered during the COVID period because of uh, no lower grades footy. So Rocco Berry had to kind of face a bit of a setback as far as his development. But now, yeah, now it's like, okay, yeah, hell yeah. I'm seeing, I'm seeing the promise and the potential of a player who I'm pretty sure his dad played for the All Blacks, Marty Berry, or something like that. So Rocco Berry, hell yeah. And they're going to be really strong competition for spots at the Warriors next year in the centres. Roger Tuavaza-Shek, you'd have to say, as a lock. So you'd have Pompey, Rocco Berry, potentially Montoya if Kosi's playing well enough. Um, Viliami Valer, even potentially Braden Williami, uh, all but could be vying for one spot. So yeah, I wonder if we're going to see one of those or a couple of those guys depart the club and what kind of shifts the Warriors make. Uh, but strong competition for spots in the centres. Loving to see Adam Pompey get extended opportunities and Rocco Berry. This is a great chance for him to develop his game at the highest level. We've got the Warriors. They are my team, so obviously an element of bias. I'm going to be cheering them on hard. Uh, great to see some of our really experienced campaigners come back into the side. Uh, I just think it shores us up a lot, especially in the middle, which was my point of difference. But Dolphins have taught me time and time again that they are not to be underestimated. So they are absolutely every chance in this game. Of course, Ewan Aitken in the centres, a former warrior. And Wayne Bennett up against Andrew Webster. Two coaches at different points in their respective careers. Wayne Bennett has seen and dealt with it all. So, you know, having a coach like that, it just instills a new level of confidence in the Dolphins. And it shows. Look at the way literally everyone's playing. Connolly Lemuelu, Isaiah Katoa, Anthony Milford. A much improved inform, uh, performance last weekend. Cody Nikarima, Jermaine Azaka, Branko Lee. Branko Lee. Human Aitken, Tessie Neer. Literally everyone. Jeremy Marshall King. There. I just know not to write the Dolphins off. But I... Due to my point of difference and the middles of the Warriors, getting Mitch Barnett back, Dylan Walker back, having Torhu Harris there, like ultimately I just think in the middle we have some timely inclusions and I just love my team. So definitely an element of bias here. But in another danger game for this round, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with my team. But I genuinely do think we can win. And we really do need to, to keep momentum going in season 2023. We have an outfit that is not affected by state of origin. So realistically, I mean, last weekend's game was a tough pill to swallow. 
We need to bounce back. And in Auckland, with the crowd behind us, I've said this season I believe Mount Smart can be a fortress. That's another point of difference. And ultimately, I just love my team. Hoodoo Guru style, that's my team. Or what's my scene? Or bloody, I don't even know. I'm a bit all over the place. But the Warriors aren't for once. So hell yeah, we're back in the men. New Zealand Warriors over the Dolphins of no specific location apparently. Yeah, ultimately, I guess locational identity. The Warriors represent New Zealand. The Dolphins, I guess, just represent a very broad broad range. They don't represent Redcliffe anymore. So we're going the Warriors. Hell yeah. But one thing as well that's a bit dangerous this round. Queensland, after winning game one of Origin, watch out for your Cowboys. Watch out for your Titans. Watch out for the Dolphins. Watch out for the Broncos. I feel like we saw in Magic Round all four Queensland sides won. And coming off the back of this, there are a lot of uh, Queensland underdogs this round that just, yeah, they could be real value. So food for thought, but in this one, it's a big danger game. I just love my team too much to go against them here. So we're locking it in. Warriors over Dolphins. Let's move on to the next one. Five thirty Saturday night, Saturday night, Seabus Soupy Saturday Stadium, Gold Coast. Ah, uh, yes, ninth place Titans. Literally, yeah, that's the only thing that holds them back from being in the eight. Their defense, but good time to be a Queenslander. Gold Coast will be pumping. Titans, well, Tino Fasua Malawi, David Fafita, they'll be high on confidence. And like I just mentioned in the last game, there is a real danger element of the underdogs here. And Titans are a sizable underdog in this game. Round 14, to me, danger games all over the place. This is another one of them. But Titans, I just have absolutely no trust in their defense. Up against a side, the caliber of the Rabbitohs, who have now dropped to fifth after leading the way in the competition, Back-to-back losses, it seems like now is the exact right time for a Rabbitohs response. And given the class and the experience of both sides in recent years, and over a fair sample size too, Rabbitohs, all signs would suggest they should win this. But at uh, Seabus on the Gold Coast, this is a real danger game. I'm giving the Titans every chance here, and they're just below the Warriors, so I kind of want them to to lose this one, to be honest, from a uh, personal perspective. Uh, but that's the game. Sides vying for positions in the eight. Of course, I've talked all the time about it, given how congested the ladder is. And of course, just the strength of the competition now. Now, last round, the Titans, I'm trying to even rack my brain. Was that when they lost to the Bulldogs? I think that was the round before. Origins kind of confused me. I'm pretty sure the Titans lost... If they won, congratulations to them. Uh, they might have won. They might have had the bye. I actually cannot cannot even remember. They might have had the bye. They lost to the Bulldogs. And yeah, they've done some crappy things. But yeah, it's a dangerous time. It's a dangerous time to be playing against the Titans. Rabbitohs. Let me start with the team news, actually. Titans, Fafita and Tino have both been named. I reckon they'll play like... I'm not going to speculate whether they will or won't. 
No Karen Foran. So Jaden Campbell from fullback to 5'8". And Keanu Keeney is the new number one. Shout out to myself. Now, shout out to Keanu first and foremost. Um, but the knocking on the door segment in the performance highlights on the Weekend Rap podcasts. We also post the performance highlights, or I post them, on the Not Just a Sports Report Instagram. Uh, but there's a segment called Knocking on the Door. Players who are playing reserve grade and realistically could play first grade. The track record of picking them off a reserve grade performance and then them playing in first grade. Very steady track record. Keanu Keeney uh, was nominated a few weeks ago for knocking on the door. He is now in that fullback position. He's a very, very bright talent. And I'm curious as well as to how Jaden Campbell goes at 5'8". That seems like something in the off-season that Justin Holbrook has really been looking at. So Campbell to 5'8". Keanu Keeney, I actually don't mind it because Keeney is definitely good enough to be playing first grade in the fullback position. And I will back Jaden Campbell to bring it in the front line, uh, playing in the number six. Uh, Now, the knocking on the door, I also had Jaden Sullivan a couple of times in the early season. He got promoted to the NRL, Blake Taff. Sorry to blow my own trumpet. Squeeze me. Um, But, yeah, when I was really like, okay, now this has actually got some legs to it, this segment. Last round, or the round before last, I picked Junior Paunga for the North Sydney Bears. He's in the Roosters system, so it's like a pretty big call to be like, he's knocking on the door to break into the Roosters team. I don't know if he's going to play this weekend, but he has been named on the wing, Junior Paunga. So there you go, knocking on the door. It's one to just keep a close eye on, you never know. Could unearth a couple of stars that you're not too sure about. And of course, it's not my pick of being like, this kid's awesome, or this guy is awesome. Uh, It's literally just like, who's playing... Who's earning it themselves in reserve grade? Like, who is showing it through their performances rather than my opinion? Uh, So the performances are being backed up by selections. And I'll tell you who the next project is. The last knocking on the door nomination was Josh Rogers, a young half in the Broncos system. So let's see. Uh, Let's see if he gets a crack. Um, But let me get back to the team list. So, yeah, big spine shakeup. Keeney to fullback, Jaden Campbell to 5'8". They've got some famous names, some famous brothers on the bench. Isaac Vasil Malawi, Cleese Haas, and Alofi Khan Pereira, one of the top try scorers this year, recalled to the side. Potentially the biggest one, though, which has implications for the spine. He's been named on the bench, but will play dummy half. Sam Verrills, big in. He's a huge part if the Titans are going to be a finals outfit this year. Sam Verrills, I think they need him on the park. Although Chris Randall, to his credit, has absolutely held it down. He's deserved the right to retain that number nine jersey. And of course you have the Englishman, Cruz Leeming, also in the ranks. So they've made some moves to shore up the dummy half position. Aaron Clark, who's in their top 30, he can even jump in there if they have some kind of injury crisis. They may even still have Aaron Booth. Not sure uh, what his status is at the moment. But let's jump on to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Of course, Trell Mitt ruled out of origin. Uh, so he'll be out of this game. Blake Taff, there you go. Another guy who was nominated for knocking on the door. He retains the fullback jersey. Cameron Murray and Jai Arrow have been named. I think they'll back up. 
And as far as Origin, if Tino and Fafita play Kamari Jairo, like obviously there's the element of coming off the Origin game and how physical that was. Um, but South, they really missed Arrow and Murray last game. So I think, especially for them, and given that Tino and Fafita played a huge role for Queensland, so I think they'll be a little bit more fatigued and feeling the pinch of Origin. Uh, but the highs and lows, they'd be confident. Whereas, yeah, Cam Murray and the likes would be coming off that really big loss. Now, as far as Origin as well, Kion Kolamatangi, guys like he and Haumole Olakawatu, they are in the hunt to break into the Blues team. Now, Kion Kolamatangi, he could have been there potentially if he hadn't have suffered an injury. Uh, so this uh, is a big statement. He'll be going head-to-head with David Fafita. So maybe, just maybe, if he does a job on Fafita, Maybe he gets that spot over Tyson Frizzell. Maybe he gets a spot on the bench. He's shown for South this year that he can play in the middle of the park. So massive game coming up for Kieon Kolomatangi. Uh, Tavita Totola, a massive part of their pack. Cody Walker, Campbell Graham. These are guys as well that are right in the frame uh, for Blues in Game 2, Suncorp Stadium. So this is a game that piques my interest a lot. And I'm gonna quickly check out the stat attack. Thank you, Middleton, Mr. David Middleton, once again, brother. Uh, Titans have not defeated South at Seabus since 2009. <laughs> basically, like basically when they came into the comp, only a couple of years after they came into the comp. So that is ages. Wow, okay, there you go. So Titans have no home ground advantage here. We can establish that. Souths have won their past seven games against the Titans. Stat attack. But, again, I'm calling it round 14. I don't know how my picks are going to go because every game I feel like is a danger game. Titans, you can't discount Queensland. There's a bit of magic in the air in Queensland right now. Um, Cody Walker as well. It'll be interesting. He could potentially surpass Nico Hines and Jerome Luai and find himself in that sixth jersey for the Blues. But I don't want to get too speculative. But Rabbitohs winning their past seven games against the Gold Coast. David Fafita has scored four tries in his past four games, in the NRL that is. Rabbitohs winger Alex Johnson uh, requires one try to equal Brett Morris as fourth highest try scorer in Premiership history. And when you think about Brett Morris, arguably the greatest winger, at least in my lifetime, or one of, for longevity and like class across every arena of the game, he's definitely in the conversation. Alex Johnson's just level up, uh, Johnston, sorry. I always say Johnson, fucking hell. Uh, he's leveled up with Brett Morris. Now, Johnston, I've spoken about it like last year on the podcast. I won't break it down today. Uh, but I crunched the numbers like there is every likelihood we see Alex Johnston, if he can hold his spot in the Rabbitohs lineup, break the all-time try scoring record, which would be mad. Surely everyone rushes the field like that would be mad. Kurt, Ken Irvine's record has been long standing. And when you think about the try scorers that we have seen and that we haven't seen that weren't in our lifetimes, for Alex Johnston to be about to equal fourth highest try scorer 
Requiring only one try, I think it would be rude not to back him in here. So he could be an anytime try scorer. History would suggest that he could be. Same with Campbell Graham. Titans have won four of their past five games at Seabus Super Stadium. Maybe there is hope after all. And I really do think, like, a huge upset could be on the cards. Magic in the air for Queensland. I actually love the mix of the Titans' spine. Keanu Keeney, uh, Jaden Campbell, Tana Boyd, Randall, and Verrills. They've got an exciting backline. They've got great forwards. And given that Fafita and Fasul Malaawe might be feeling the pinch of origin, Fotoaker, Isaac Liu, uh, and then the young brothers, Cleese Haas, they're not brothers with each other, uh, but Cleese Haas and Isaac Fasul Malaawe, there's actually a lot to like about this Titans side. But I'm going to side with the Rabbitohs, not because Stat Attack suggested that they have the recent history, but just from my perspective looking at this game, Rabbitohs back-to-back losses. They are no doubt premiership contenders. And one thing I just, that not a lot of people speak about in the premiership race is that you really can't be up all the time. You, no team, or very rarely, I have no team I can ever remember has won just every single game. So there are times throughout every season, every, even for the absolute best teams in the competition, where they face a little bit of a down patch. Rabbitohs, this could be theirs, but I still ultimately, amongst the quite a few other teams, or like six other teams, five other teams, Rabbitohs, this seems like a year, no doubt, where they can win the premiership. They are one of the sides that everyone is kind of looking at and thinking these could be the guys to knock off the Panthers. So you can't be up all the time. They've come off back-to-back losses. They could even lose here. Like I said, it's a danger game. But when I look at the bigger picture, where are both sides at? Well, the Gold Coast Titans sit ninth, a perfect reflection of where they are at. They have so much to offer. They are very exciting. Um, And I've gone with them. I've picked them in certain games. And I've been let down by them a few times. I'm learning some things of that regard. So they have a very promising team, which on paper and on name value, like this is a finals outfit, 100%. But they sit ninth right outside of finals for one specific reason, their defense. It always lets them down, especially in close games, especially in the clutch stages when a game is on the line. That is why they sit ninth. The Rabbitohs have dropped to fifth, but I don't think right now, as far as the whole season, that is an accurate representation of where they are at. It's more a representation of how many sides are in contention for the minor premiership and the premiership as a whole. So Rabbitohs, in the bigger picture, they are definitely in a premiership window. 2023 seems like the right time for them to strike under Jason Demetrio. And I'm not saying they're going to win it. I just believe, bigger picture, they are right in the mix for the premiership. Titans, they're trying to make the eight. That's the thing. Forget the premiership. There are too many things they need to work on in their game. But there is time. And there is so much promise. But I'm just going to go with the team. And again, quick point. We've found out this year, any side can beat any side. 
Uh, they just have to show up on the day with the right attitude. It doesn't matter where you are on the ladder. We've already learned that. But the Rabbitohs, it's just, I think if they are to win the Premiership, Rabbitohs are at their best when they are the form side of the comp. Last time they won the comp, Adam Reynolds, Sam Burgess, uh, Greg Inglis, and the likes. Like, even the year they didn't win the Premiership, around that time, they were leading the way. They were the team that had the game plan that no side could deal with. So I think for Rabbitohs, they can still absolutely win the competition if they don't finish first. They could even win it, no doubt in my mind, from outside the top four. But I think South's best chance is if they are the form team and then they steam into the final series knowing that, yes, the Panthers have had their number all these other years, but in 2023, if they come into finals leading the way, which looking at their draw, I really believe there's a strong chance of that. South will say, forget about all the rest of the years. In 2023, it's a different Penrith side. There are other contenders, but South Sydney... It, yeah, there's a strong chance it could be there, yeah. Titans, a lot of promise, but yeah, I'm going with the more known entity that it could be South, yeah. It is year of the rabbit. That is an omen which I always think about. So let's see how this one goes down. On the other side of the coin, Gold Coast win, massive for their season. They immediately get some momentum going as far as a finals push. And South Sydney would see themselves... On a three-game slide. I am going to go, though, with the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Another danger game in Queensland, but given some key returns like Cameron Murray, I'd like Tavita Totola up front, too. And Keon Kolomitangi, he's going to want to show Freddie Fittler, I'm your guy. So I'm going to go South. We're locking it in. Rabbitohs over Titans. And we now move on to the Saturday night game. Big game coming up Saturday night and I've actually split the tier of the competition if you listened to the pod before you'd know uh, into three tiers premiership contenders in tier one the top tier tier two in the middle uh, sides that are in the mix like Titans Warriors Raiders Dolphins uh, that could definitely play finals and who knows could even win the premiership and then there's like the bottom tier Sides who I don't envision playing finals, but it's not really like they're super shit. The strength of the competition across the board, uh, everyone for the most part has raised their game. Uh, but bottom tier sides like Cowboys are uh, probably the first ones that come to mind. And the Dragons, of course the Dragons. Uh, but here is a game on Saturday night between two tier one sides, in my view. Two teams who I believe can win the Premiership, much like the Rabbitohs. Now, every side has a different storyline uh, as far as their premiership push, but these are two sides who are in the mix, no doubt. The second place, Cronulla Sharks. Here's your point of difference, especially given their opponents. Sharks, out of all the top sides, you could argue, have the best uh, run as far as origin nav- navigation. They are only missing Nico Hines who only played off the bench for like less than 10 minutes or just over 10 minutes against the Maroons last night. So it's not like he's going to have wear and tear. There will be the emotional side to things, 
but Braden Trindle has shown that he can step in. Now they take on the third place, Brisbane Broncos, coming off a season-defining win in New Zealand over the Warriors with an undermanned side. Adam Reynolds leading the way, unbelievable performance, uh, but that's the point of difference. Sharks, they are not hit hard by Origin. Broncos, they are going to be facing a lot of challenges as far as Origin and the season as a whole. Second versus third is juicy as as well. Uh, I love that. Uh, I'm just going to pull up the team changes. What happened in the last round? Oh yeah, Broncos beat Warriors. Sharks? I don't know if they played. I don't think they played. This is the thing. This really tests my memory with the buys. Uh, but Broncos did play. Massive win. And these sides, realistically, are actually on equal first. But the ladder and all that stuff... We've already been an hour into the podcast, so... I can't get into the ladder and crunching those numbers. I like to do that on the weekend wrap. Team news, Nico Hines has been named. Yeah, you'd say he'll play. Uh, Sifa Talakai is back in the centres as well. Connor Tracy drops, drops back to the reserves. Could be dropping back to the Eels. Uh, interchange remains unchanged. Cool. Uh, no Cameron McInnes. So there you go. Like Sharks not hit hard by origin. Broncos, Painhaas, Carrigan, Reese Walsh, Flegler, and Selwyn Cobbo have all been named to play. You'd have to say the most unlikely to play will be Selwyn Cobbo, who didn't finish uh, the game. But Dean Mariner killed it on uh, the past weekend. He was the Rising Star nomination in the weekend wrap. Jensen and Hetherington have been named on the bench. And yeah, some guys in the reserves, but yeah, a lot going on with the team. So it should be a fun game. Have a quick squizzeroo. That is not a word. Now I'm just talking shit. Stat attack. Sharks are equal leaders with the Rabbitohs for line breaks made this season. 70 line breaks. So we know the Sharks are a class attacking team, but at times their defense has seemingly been the obstacle they need to overcome if they want to be a premiership side. Sharks have not defeated the Broncos at points bet stadium since 2016. Of course, though, there were a couple of years where they weren't playing at points bet. And I say Shark Park, fucking sounds way better than points bet stadium, straight up. Uh, Broncos have won eight of their past ten games against the Sharks. There you go, that is very interesting, given that, like, you'd have to say over the past three or so seasons, Sharks have actually, or four, like whatever, Sharks have actually been the stronger team. So there you go. There's a bit of a factoid. Seemingly the numbers would suggest that Broncos maybe have the edge in this game. Sharks winger Ronaldo Molotalo has scored 19 tries in only 18 games. Booyah at Shark Park. Broncos have not won back-to-back games since round 8. Yeah, but they're, they're a class outfit. They're every chance of this one. And Will Kennedy has scored 11 tries in his past 10 games. Love that for you, Mr. Kennedy. Mr. Kennedy! Kennedy. Um, okay. But yeah, ultimately, two premiership contenders. They are in my top tier of the competition. Personally, I could not be more excited to see this one go down, but I just have to attribute it to the point of difference that Sharks haven't been hit very hard by Origin. And also, uh, the X-Factor player, Nico Hines. I think in what's going to be a very close game, the key battle in this game 
Nico Himes, Adam Reynolds. We both know that they have the keys to their side. And ultimately, the halfbacks are tasked with getting the result for their club. So Nico Himes, Adam Reynolds, that is the key battle. Reynolds, it's his kicking game that could really undo the Cronulla Sharks. Very crafty with ball in hand as well. Cronulla at times, if we remember the Dolphins game, they can come undone in defence. And again, the origin, magic, magic in the air in Queensland. Broncos, if any club is going to be high on confidence after state of origin, it'll be the Broncos. The only Blues player, Payne Haas, well, he could be the best player of the whole lot of them. And he's going to be pissed off. He's going to be fired up. So this could be the game of the round, the more we look at it. Two sides who are right in contention for the minor premiership. I'm going to side with Sharkies. Nico Hines, I love his running game. And yeah, he could be, could be really playing for that Blues number six jersey. There's a lot to play out as far as origin. And what I'm ultimately most excited about is the NRL. Because this premiership race, although it's kind of seemingly been put to the side a little bit for origin, and this premiership race is as exciting as it has ever been. This is another game that is going to prove to be a cracker. It could be another danger game, but so far this is the tip I probably have the most confidence in, which makes it a danger game in itself. But I'm going to go with the Cronulla Sharks. I just love the vision that they have under Craig Fitzgibbon. And yes, there is still a lot that they need to work on if they want to hoist that Premiership trophy in the air come October. But there's time. And yeah, they are not going to have to navigate the origin period too much. And if Nico Hines, if they can keep him healthy, they're every chance. And even, worst case scenario, if Nico Hines got ruled out for the season, Braden Trindle has shown he's the perfect option as the next man up. So if you've listened to my podcasts in recent weeks, I've said that I believe Sharks, through this origin period, they'll start to strengthen themselves. They'll have a chance to work on definitely their defense. That is the main thing. Uh, but Craig Fitzgibbon is a defensive mastermind. So I think they're going to really start to combine, gel. Everything's going to begin to click. Defense needs to be the most important part. And then... Coming out of origin, given all these elite players who are going to be facing fatigue and the emotional toll of a full origin series, I think Sharks, who aren't going to cop too much of the brunt of that, I reckon they're going to have a really strong run home to the finals. That is why I have them as one of the major premiership contenders. And based on merit alone this season, Broncos, up until last weekend, they hadn't fully earned the right to be a premiership contender in my eyes, but with no Carrigan, no Walsh, no Cobbo, no Painhaas, no Flegler, against a full-strength Warriors side. And to see Adam Reynolds do his thing and arguably prove he's the most important one of the lot to have on the park, Broncos answered some major questions. The game was outside of Queensland. The game was in New Zealand, in fact. And Broncos are a premiership contender. So this is an explosive game. Two dynamic teams with different styles as well. So as far as how they match up, I'm not quite sure how this plays out. But when all is said and done, I think Cronulla, they can do enough to get the win. They are playing at Shark Park. 
the numbers suggest Broncos with the more successful recent history, but this is 2023, and I'm locking in my next pick. Cronulla Sharks over the Brisbane Broncos. Now we move on to a Sunday triple header. We kick off our Sunday triple header in Gosford Industry Group Stadium. Never heard of it. Cool. Love a game in Gosford. Hell yeah to that. And it's it's a clash between two traditional rivals. The 10th placed Roosters. My goodness. It is shocking to see Roosters in 10th place. I do believe though this is going to be the weekend that they click into gear. But they're up against 14th placed Bulldogs outfit who have shown fight in every single contest this year. And if Roosters don't show up with the right attitude, which has seemingly been an issue in season 2023, the Bulldogs, their attitude cannot be faulted. So they are every chance at scoring a phenomenal upset. And again, another danger game in round 14 with top eight implications. Many people still believe, myself included, the Roosters will be there come September. But a loss here could be very costly. Whilst the Bulldogs, they are still in with a shot. Uh, Out of most of the teams outside the eight, Bulldogs, one of the more unlikely to play finals this year. Next season, I think they're a big chance. But a win over the Roosters could change everything. So I'm very excited for this Sunday match in Gosford. Uh, We've got Roosters, of course, who have been in a pretty poor patch of form. So they really need to work things out. But like I said, I do believe they're going to be able to click here. James Tedesco, uh, interestingly, he's going to be under a lot of pressure now coming off Origin. If he does back up, uh, I just think Teddy has that X factor in this game. I expect a huge game out of Tedesco. I think he's going to silence a lot of the critics. And yeah, I just think coming off the bye, both sides having the bye, the Sydney Roosters are just a bit better poised to make adjustments and come out firing. And one of my themes in the second part of the season is that the cream will rise to the top. And I still think Roosters, look, there are plenty of world-class players throughout that lineup. I think there's still time for them to get it right. But time is still of the essence. Now, as far as teams, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens as far as the Origin guys, whether they back up or not. A shout out to Junior Paonga getting selected and Blake Wilson as well. Um, but I think up front, this is where the highlight of the contest is. Matt Lodge, Jared Waria Hargreaves, Lindsay Collins, Nathan Browns, uh, Browns? <laughs> and Satili Tupanua even playing in the middle of the park. Uh, so is Corey Waddell actually. Max King, Ryan Sutton. You've even got Jaden Ockenbaugh, excuse my bloody throat. Uh, who's playing on the edge. So, yeah, I think the battle in the pack is going to be essential here. And given that Lindsay Collins is coming off a huge origin game, uh, one of the guys I really see standing up and making their mark on this contest is Jared Waria Hargraves. Now, he has some real experience coming off the pine in Matt Lodge, Angus Crichton, uh, and Nathan Brown. Uh, But Jared Waria Hargraves, he's going to be able to set the tone He's playing as good as he ever has. 
And against a Bulldogs pack that are trying to prove themselves, well, the real benchmark is Jared Warrior Hargreaves. And like I said, I am expecting the Roosters to gel here in this game. And I think that's going to be on the back of a very physical showing from their forwards. And if I had to pick one of them who I really think I can have a presence in this contest, it's got to be JWH. Now, a big talking point is the discrepancy in the dummy half positions. Reed Marnie, I think, is a far classier player than Jake Turpin. And to be honest, with all respect to Jake Turpin, he is a great player. I feel like whether the Roosters go on a big run coming off this bye or not, a lot of it depends on Jake Turpin. The Brandon Smith thing, uh, they're trying to get it working. He's injured now. So it's going to take some time. But Jake Turpin, like he was someone who was involved last year in the Broncos' collapse defensively toward that back end of the season. And in his time playing for the Roosters so far, look, he's on minimum wage probably. So it's not his job to turn them around. But if there's one position that I look at, I don't even want to say weakness, but as a position that could hold them back from really getting on a run back toward the Premiership, it's the number nine. So this is a massive game for Jake Turpin. And if he can give his forwards good service, he has the guys there uh, to really, really get the side on the front foot. And from there, if Roosters have momentum, that is where Jake Turpin can really start to flourish and settle into this Roosters lineup as a starting dummy half. Uh, now, let me just suss the stat attack. Roosters have won eight of their past nine against the Dogs. Dogs are aiming for consecutive wins against the Roosters, though, for the first time since 2016, so that would suggest Dogs won their last outing. Uh, Roosters fullback James Tedesco has scored five tries in his past four games against the Bulldogs. Interesting, although... You'd have to say if there's any year where you probably don't back that in for any time try scorer, could be 2023. Josh Adokar has scored 10 tries in his past 12 games against the Roosters. Not sure whether he'll be playing this one. And Roosters have won four of their past five on the Central Coast. I didn't even mention that. Didn't even realize. Oh, I said Goff said. Ah, Central Coast. There you go. Shows how much... I bloody know about the area. Gosford, Central Coast, shout out. What an amazing, what an amazing place. And what an amazing game we have ahead of us. Of course, the Roosters, like I said, coming off the bye, they're in a position where they can start to get on a run and turn things around. Whilst with the Bulldogs, they are still right in the mix as well. And nothing would solidify their uh, names in the conversation of teams who could be the major improvers this year than a win over the Chooks. So personally, I'm very excited for this. I just think with the Roosters, their forwards, I think they'll be able to wrestle momentum away from the Bulldogs. And on the back of that, with the return of Joey Manu in the halves alongside Kerry, and with some players in the back line who are competing for spots, potentially Daniel Tupo, named 18th man, will come into the side. Uh, so there's a few guys trying to say to Trent Robinson, or show him rather, they are the guys to be a part of this big Roosters run. So that needs to click now. Whilst for the Bulldogs, I have been nothing but impressed by their heart so far this year. This is going to be potentially their biggest game of the season yet. 
Now, as far as my pick, I'm going to go the Roosters, as you can probably tell. I do think they're going to turn things around. But yeah, time is of the essence, so let's just lock in the pick, shall we? But good luck to the Bulldogs. I will be kind of cheering for the Bulldogs in this one. I'd love to see them, you know, get another two competition points. And I have them in the bottom tier of the competition, but I mean that respectfully just in that I don't have them playing finals this year, but I have their future being very, very bright. I reckon definitely a premiership in the next decade, but that's a fucking, you know, a lot of speculation right there. Uh, but the Bulldogs, they would be right in the hunt with a win here. So it's actually huge. So Dogs up against the Roosters. I'm going to go the Roosters, though. I think Jared Warrior Hargreaves and James Tedesco. I'm going to call for them to have some big showings. And on the back of that, I like the halves too. Joey Manu, Luke Carey, and just the Roosters halves in general has been one of the major things they haven't seemingly gotten right at this point of the year. So I think we're going to see the best game from Roosters halves this year. Joey Manu back to his electric best after having some time to kind of grow into that 5'8 role. And Luke Carey, well, he's the maestro, and he's going to be wearing the halfback jersey. So a lot of responsibility on both halves, well, all sets of halves, really. Matt Burton, uh, Carl Olawapu, huge game for them, respectively, as well. But let's lock in the first pick of the Sunday action. Roosters over the Bulldogs, and that leads us to Townsville. Uh, the post-origin scattered feels honestly very, very real. But we've got two games to go. We are close. I'm looking at about the half, uh, one hour and a half mark, 90 minutes. So let's not waste any time. Queensland Country Bank Stadium, Townsville, Queensland. There's magic in the air at the moment. The 16th placed Cowboys. Not so much magic in the air there. Uh, they are sitting second from bottom. Up against the fourth place Melbourne Storm side, who you could say adopt some of that Queensland energy. But of course, Christian Welch and Xavier Coates both missing out. Well, they'll be playing in this game. And Semi Valame, named for the Cowboys, a mid-season transfer from the Raiders. Cowboys also sticking with Zach Labert in the centres, uh, which I don't mind. Give the young guy a go. Jeremiah Nanai returns. He's going to be playing off the bench. Good to see Griffin Neem back too in the last couple of weeks. Whilst for the Storm, they've got their first choice backline completely. Cameron Munster, I think he will back up here. We've seen the Melbourne Storm struggle a little bit without him. And although he is a bit underdone, I think against the Cowboys here, Storm, they're equal first on the ladder. So whilst they could afford to rest him, Maybe they, they look for that luxury a bit later on, and especially given the buy rounds this year. So there are other opportunities to freshen these players up. So Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes, up against Tom Dearden, the man who'll step into that Queensland 5'8 jersey should Cameron Munster go down, and Chad Townsend, the captain of the Cowboys, Jerome Hughes. Uh, a bit of added responsibility here. Still no Ryan Pappenhausen, although Nick Meany has been killing it. Munster and Harry Grant coming off an Origins uh, game. Very physical there. 
So this shapes is a great game for Jerome Hughes to really kind of make an impact on the contest. In the forwards, Nelson Asofa Solomona, although potentially he starts off the bench and Big Tui uh, starts the game. Harry Grant in the number nine. Christian Welch in the front row, involved in the Queensland camp, but not the game. I think he's going to take that very personally and want to provide a huge statement against the Cowboys, a Queensland side. Billy Slater is going to be watching. And if an opportunity presents itself, Christian Welch. I mean, Billy Slater, all his calls proved to be the right ones. But Christian, no doubt, not giving up on his rep career just yet. Trent Loyero, a young player who's only at the start of his promising career. You never know. Could be a future Queenslander. Uh, been much improved this year, Trent Loyero. Ali Katoa, huge fan of Ali uh, Katoa, of course, former warrior. Josh King on the bench, Bronson Garlic, Aaron Penne, Tui Kamithamitha, and Grant Anderson. Uh, so yeah, it will be interesting. As far as the game, look, Craig Bellamy up against Todd Payton. Love Todd Payton as a coach, but at this crucial point of the season, and navigating origin, being equal first on the ladder, this shapes is a time where Craig Bellamy can absolutely strike. They seemingly have Jason Riles as that next guy up, and that's that's got the long-term future. Seemingly, I've said that word a few times, short up for the Melbourne Storm. So Craig Bellamy, everything in my head and my heart is saying Melbourne Storm, but I'm going to go the underdog here. I'm going to go the Cowboys, not any science involved in this pick. If you asked me why, I couldn't tell you. I really, I can't tell you. Everything tells me that the Storm uh, have this game covered, but I'm going to go North Queensland. Queensland magic, it's in the air after game one of the Origin series. So I think Townsville are going to lift big time. And yeah, I just, I don't know why. I think the Cowboys... Just maybe a bit of reverse psychology. I did say quite a number of times, I believe round 14 is a danger round in this competition for tipping. Uh, this is a very dangerous tip on my behalf to go with the Cowboys. But yeah, I just feel like there's a bit of a danger element. And Cowboys need this. They're desperate. And if I have to pinpoint one guy uh, who's going to be man of the match and get the Cowboys the win, it's someone who came from the Melbourne Storm system, Scott Drinkwater. I think if Cowboys are to win, Scott Drinkwater really provides some magic. And even though I think Teddy holds his spot and deserves to, if Drinkwater kills it, watch all these New South Wales fans who are imploding just flick of a switch, be like, Drinkwater, he needs to be fullback. He needs to be fullback. Uh, but yeah, I think Scott Drinkwater, if North Queensland are to win, it's on the back of Big Scotty or Little Scotty, or medium-sized Scotty. Uh, I guess he's a pretty big, pretty big fella. Pretty fucking fast, too. So, yeah, Cowboys, I feel a bit sick even just going for the Cowboys. But, yeah, why not? Why not? Doesn't matter. No one's got a gun to my head. It's just a tip at the end of the day, so we're banging it out there. North Queensland Cowboys to score the upset over the Melbourne Storm. And that segues us in to the final game of round 14. First versus last to finish the round. Panthers first, Dragons last. 
that makes about some things in this very competitive competition make sense. Both of those positions uh, do make sense, but I've learned something this year, not to just immediately go with the team it looks like is going to easily win. So Dragon's a live chance in this game, and just quickly, a couple of battles. I think in the middle of the park, if Dragon's looking for a path to victory, it's got to come there. And I think it can. The Molo brothers have impressed me a lot. Especially Michael, actually. Mr. Michael Molo. I think he's starting to develop really nicely. Molo brothers head-to-head -head with Moses Leota, James Fisher-Harris, and Isaiah Yo up against Jack DeBellin. DeBellin potentially playing for a spot in the New South Wales Blues side. So for the Dragons, they're going to have a lot of motivation. No side wants to be at the very foot of the ladder. But like I've said before, they are the only club that gave up on the season before it began. And that is reflected now in them being solely at the bottom of the table. Whilst for the Panthers, look, things things didn't go great in origin for the num uh, number of their players. But Isaac Tungo in the extended reserves looks like he may return here. And yeah, for the Dragons... If Blues had won the other night, I think funnily enough that might have helped St. George's chances, but now Luai Cleary, like they are going to want a massive response. And it's also the last game, excuse of my fucking cheap squeaky chair that I found on the side of the road keeps uh, squeaking. I'm like, hopefully people don't think I'm like farting or fucking shitting my pants or something uh, every couple of seconds. Goodness gracious. But yeah, they've just got a very motivated Penrith on their hands, do the Dragons. And I still give the Dragons a chance. They're spearheaded by Ben Hunt, so he actually has all the momentum on his side. But Luai, Cleary, everyone's going to be watching them for a response. Last game of the round, so there's enough time to back up. Dylan Edwards didn't play Origin, but he is vital to the Panthers' side this year. It's huge having him in week in, week out. Sunia Taruva, I still think there's room to grow in his game. No doubt, he's a young player. Uh, but this shapes as a game where I think Sunia uh, could really have a cracker. Stephen Crichton, Brian To'o, uh, two more motivated individuals than ever. Uh, you've got the front row, Leota Fisher-Harris. Mitch Kenny, who interestingly, apparently they're going to start moving him into the middle a bit more, which I love, and allowing Sonny Luke to get more opportunity, which, like, this is where Penrith are starting to shape themselves better and better each week for that three-peat. I like this development a lot if it comes to fruition. Sorensen Hosking in the back row. Liam Martin off the bench as well. He's going to have a point to prove uh, around Origin. And, yeah, if I can put my tip in this final game down to one thing, it's just... And sorry to Dragons fans for not talking about them that much this this podcast. Uh, but I've talking about uh, talking fucking hell talked about them plenty in other podcasts. And yeah, they are definitely a live chance in this game if we've learned anything. We remember the Penrith Panthers lost to the Tigers. Uh, so look for St George, or well, I think St George are withdrawing their sponsorship. So the Dragons, Jason Riles is withdrawing. His application uh, but funnily enough the dragons play their best football 
when a response is required. And then every other week is when they just, they lose, uh, is what my perception is. Uh, but this requires a response, which actually makes this another danger game. St. George could be ultimate value, but one thing we've learned not just this year, but actually over a fair few years now, is that Penrith Panthers, I mean, you've really got to think about it if you're going to tip against the back-to-back premiers. So I am going to go with the Panthers, and here's why to finish the podcast. Panthers, like I said, not only are they heading in a unanimous direction toward a three-peat, that's their common goal, now on the origin front, uh, these guys, they have other things to motivate them, to get them to perform and work toward not just a premiership, but also trying to get that origin series back on track. And for a couple of these Panthers, like Stephen Crichton, uh, having to try and fight for their origin position, maybe even Liam Martin uh, could be in a spot like that. On the other side, Jack DeBellin, he's fighting for an origin position, but the difference, my point of difference, Panthers, they are all moving toward one common goal, even as far as the origin thing, they're all going for a Queens, oh, not a Queensland, bloody hell, I've lost my mind, they're all going for a blues spot, and just all around, they're working toward things, whereas Dragons, like, yeah, Jack DeBellin, trying to get into origin, but just all across the park, the players are going in different directions. And then the coach, well, Anthony Griffin went in another direction. See you later, respectfully. Ryan Carr now has to work out what the direction is. The board, they are the ones who have caused this whole mess. They can't unanimously decide on what their direction is. Jason Riles doesn't want a bar of it. Will Ben Hornby? Could Dean Young? Maybe even Des Hasler? We will have to see. But that's what it comes down to. Despite Dragons having some great players, they are just all over the place from top to bottom. Penrith Panthers are a well-oiled machine, unlike my throat. And we're going to wrap it there at 90 minutes, as promised. So last tip of the round, Penrith Panthers over the Dragons. And we keep rolling. We're going to get there this week. Seven podcasts in seven days. We've hit 90 minutes, so I feel like now... I've given the tips. There's really nothing else to say. Uh, As for what's next from the Rugby League content perspective, on Sunday, as soon as the games are finished, the Weekend Wrap podcast. I'll be going through all the results, all the action, and the highlight performances. But as far as the Round 14 preview podcast, we're done. 91 minutes feels right to me, so I'll sign off by saying thank you very much for listening. Have a fantastic week. And most importantly, of course, enjoy the footy this weekend.